100% Wild podcast is brought to you by Onyx Hunt, the nation's number one GPS hunting app. Download today in the Google Play and App Store. Hey guys, welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild podcast brought to you by Onyx Hunt. I'm your co-host Tim Chelsvik, joined by... A Drury, not a, what, the Drury or just pick the a best Drury. Drury, Matt Drury. General Drury, Matt Drury. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? You you've been turkey hunting so yeah. far, so I'm jealous. It's so cool. So last year I was the first year I'd ever gone out for youth season. My daughter was six years old, Sophie, and it was terrible. I, it was so cold. <laughs> there was no gobbling, and I I just I tried telling her this is not what turkey hunting is normally like in Missouri. Usually it's warm, and yeah. it's fun. You haven't you know you had the perfect weekend this past. This weekend, weekend was awesome. Saturday she went out. Uh, there was no gobbling. We saw a couple birds way off in the distance, but nothing close. Sunday we went back out and heard nothing uh and so we decided to move in the process of moving i see like 12 black dots out in the field where we intended to go so we turned the truck around went back out on the road accessed the farm from a a completely different direction came in set up on the backside of some cedars i know the birds typically move that direction it was perfect because it gave gave us a screen to set up the blind and everything when you hunt with your kids and you know this Everything is a production. Oh, yeah. There's way more equipment and snacks and just stuff. And so the whole time I'm wondering, are we going to be detected this major production, setting up the blind, putting the decoys out? And it was it was crazy. We were sitting there for probably – we were on a little power line cut in this stand of cedars on the backside of it. And we were there for probably 30, 40 minutes. And we're sitting there, and Scott is, uh, is is running camera for us, and he goes, "Birds, birds, we got birds," and it's like, "Okay, now we got it. Now it's yeah, game yeah. on." That's a whole different set of problems you got. Get the camera started <laughs> up. Get so because Sophie's so tiny. I, I was I was gonna have her sit on my lap. I'm like, get on my lap, honey. Put the ear protection on. Get the gun. Walkers. Up. It was walkers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her little earmuff things. Yeah. And uh, so she's sitting there in my lap. And from I can start to see some hens coming, see them through the, the dark of the cedars, and uh, we're watching. There's still no, they're still silent, but I'm like, okay, honey, this, you know, when they come through the cedars, that that could be the the, the time we, we we make a shot. And before before the hunt, she asked if she kills, could she, could we stop and get hash browns for her at McDonald's? Yeah, we don't go to fast food very often, but I was like, if you kill, you can have as many hash browns as you want. You can get sick on hash browns. <laughs> right, I don't kill care. the bird. Just don't throw up in the truck. And, <laughs> and so we're sitting there, and then all of a sudden you see the gobbler coming from deeper in the cedars, yeah. and you're like, oh my gosh, this could happen. Yeah. Still silent. So I'm like, be still, be still, be still. And of course, she's moving. She's wanting to see. Oh, yeah. There's no such thing as still for a seven year old. And uh, she leans over to me, and she's like, Dad, do I still get the hash browns if I kill this bird? Like, yes, just be still. Yes. Focus here. Yes, the GD hash browns are coming, <laughs> right. and uh, it's the gobbler comes, to, follows the hens, and he's got some jakes with him. Just at like forty yards, just a little, she's got a four ten, a little farther than I wanted to shoot. She's got some weeds in the way. She gets to see the bird. He gobbles and strutting, kind of out of yeah. out of range for us. We don't end up getting a shot, but she sees him. She hears him gobble. And it's it's a successful hooks mission. Her. Yeah, hooks her. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, Wipes last year's crappy experience out. 
it's puts gone. A new one in. She still got the hash browns, I assume. You we stopped and had lunch. Yeah, <laughs> so so she got her reward. But yeah. it was just so it was so fulfilling as awesome. a dad to sit there. I don't know what would have happened to me if she if she'd actually killed one. Yeah. I just probably would have lost it. Yeah. But to see her get that excited and to be there with it and Good. to facilitate it, there's just nothing. like Are you it. guys gonna try to go again? During the regular season, she's kind of cool about it. I keep asking her because I never want to force it. Yeah. Uh, and and right now she just got a new bike and she's got yeah. friends in the neighborhood she wants to play with. So I'm kind of taking a chill approach. Sure. I, I don't know if she'll go again. Well, here here's where the biggest mistake was. You didn't have a world champion type of caller calling for you. <laughs> it would have helped. It would have helped, I think. <laughs> And that's my segue into nice our job, guest today. Professional <laughs> podcast host. <laughs> so we got longtime friend and a living legend in the outdoors, Paul Butsky with us from GSM. How's it going, man? Uh, it's going great. Going great. So what do you think? Where'd Tim go wrong here? <laughs> well, number one, he had a successful hunt. Just to share a hunt you know, with your daughter like that and, yeah. and get to see a turkey. You don't have to kill a turkey every time you go in the woods. Uh, just to be able to experience that situation, what more can you ask for? Absolutely. What more can you ask for? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I was hooked, hoping Paul it's... was going to give you crap. That's where I was going. I was trying to lead. <laughs> if you would have heard my calling, I'm sure he would have, but he has no idea what it sounded like. I was like. trying to lead Paul down a path to give you a real one-two punch here. Nice job. Didn't work. Sucker. Paul's nicer, nicer to you than he is to me. <laughs> you know, Sorry, man. Everyone is in turkey mode. I know like we've yeah. all been kind of enduring the winter in this, in this lull, but now turkey seasons are opening up and and we're starting to see more deer cast user posts on yeah. successful hunts from the field. And it, it, it just, it's so much fun to finally get to it. You know, I had this conversation. I, I'd like to hear both your opinions. I was, at, I was in a recent uh, meeting and a guy brings up, that's a, it's an industry thing. And a guy brings up, he's like, Hey, I, you know, I think um, Turkey season is really Turkey hunting is really waning and there's, you know, not much excitement around it. I'm like, shit, man, like my feet is full of it. And I'm ticked that I haven't gone yet. Like I, that's not the vibe I'm getting to me. It's alive and well, and it's just a timing thing. It always happens right mm -hmm. at the same time of year. What, what's your thoughts, Paul? Well, number one, you know, I'm from the Northeast. So, you know, once it gets buzz 40 degrees, I'm ready to turkey hunt. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a long, cold, hard winter. And, you know, I've been doing it over 50 years and, I get just excited now as I did 50 years ago when yeah. it comes to spring, comes to that time of year and getting ready to get out there. Just, just the anticipation. It's not dead and gone. Trust me. Uh, it, not in my blood anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny. Cause I heard Mark pretty much say the same thing after he killed his first bird this year. He's like, it was like I was a kid again and it just never gets old. And then, uh, then Ray, I posted on Facebook. He, he went out with his call and got some birds to gobble a couple mornings ago. And he was like, there's just nothing better than that. Was he out youth hunting or was he ruining his birds before the season he, starts? He was just, he, he, he does not believe in making birds call shy and he loves to hear them gobble. So he was out. Oh, I love old Ray. He's the best. He's the best. 
best. He was like, these birds came to the field looking for love. All they found was me. Yeah, well, Mark would have had a conniption fit if that would have been in his place because he's it's, very It's a much, divider of people. Yeah, he doesn't want to call. He doesn't want anybody to be messing with the birds that he's getting ready to hunt. He wants them. The first call and they're going to hear is it, it's going to result in a, a long beard XR down their throat. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, so so what, one of the things I, I, I think maybe a challenge and, and, and maybe why turkey hunting is not as widespread like i kind of i kind of got started turkey hunting later in life we didn't have a whole lot where i grew up in, in north central illinois at the time i grew up um but I, I they're just such a different critter i mean they're a lizard with feathers and they're not a mammal <laughs> like, like a whitetail where you can kind of guess i it just felt to me when i was getting started this is a totally different ball game than hunting any kind of mammal and it was intimidating it's weird though because I've been spoiled because I've always hunted with Mark and dad or, or, you know, somebody like Paul or, you know, just these great hunters. And so I've, and and there's been a lot of times where we haven't killed. I usually when I'm with dad, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, you get to experience the way hunting should turkey hunting should be. Yeah. The gold standard. It really is. So it's, it's a, just like deer hunting or anything else that I've I've been lucky to be with these guys as they're, Mm -hmm. as they're doing their thing and they're really good at it. But it's kind of tainted me to the experience because I've been out on plenty of hunts where I'm not with them. And it's like, man, this, they're, they're not goblin. There's not a bird anywhere. Like this is really, really hard. And it's a much different experience. So when I hear people say, eh, I just don't really care about turkey hunting. I'm thinking it, they just, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's the calling or the access or there's no birds in that area, it, it, it just didn't happen. But when it works right, it, it, there's nothing. Like, I'd rather turkey hunt than deer hunt all day. Mm-hmm, no doubt. There's nothing better. Nothing better. And, you know, just to to share something, you know, a few years ago when I was down there with, with your dad and Mark and uh, you got to take your grandma out on a hunt. Yeah. And the excitement that 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 uh, that Terry shared and what they experienced. I mean, those are memories of a lifetime. And, you know, just be able to share something like it. I mean, there's times when I'm in the woods, I call on a turkey and I say, God, I wish so and so was. I wish my whole family was there with me to yeah. see what I just saw. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that's that's how it is. That's that's the reward of turkey. Hunt. I always feel like hunting is one of my best friends and I want my other friends and family to meet that person. And that was part of the magic of getting my daughter. I was like, this is why daddy goes and spends the money and the time and the effort. And And your your college fund and (laughs) (laughs) college, (laughs) whatever. Pick a vocation. (laughs) Paul, you know, one of the things that the DeerCast is doing is it's opening us up to a much wider age demographic. A lot of younger guys are in DeerCast and they're asking like, I, I've never even been turkey hunting. Like, how do I even get started? And what would what kind of advice would you give to someone just figuring out the ropes? Well, there, there's a lot of turkey seminars. Uh, you got the National Wild Turkey Federation that, that puts a lot of stuff out there as well. Um, you go online, you can find all this stuff, and, and you know, just that gets that's what gets the blood flowing. And yeah. you know, get out there and you know, pick up a call, a turkey call, whether it be a box call or a slate call or a diaphragm mouth call and uh practice with a little bit uh get out there and you know you it's there's no better time of year to be out there than the spring of the year uh, you know unless maybe you're out in the midwest somewhere where it's you're getting about two feet of snow now but uh that sucks. other than that <laughs> you know it's a beautiful time of year you know birds are alive they're singing stuff is growing and uh it's it'll get in your blood i, I guarantee you, i tell people all the time if you get to experience a turkey hunt 
a kind of a, not that you have to kill a turkey, but just call a turkey and get them in the gun range or just out of gun range, you're hooked for life. I guarantee you. That's, it, that's what turkey hunting does. That, if you're, say, a timber hunt, you know, and you hear them gobbling, you can't see them, but they're thundering. You know, like that was, that memory is just burned into my mm-hmm. mind from when I was a kid being there hearing it but not being able to see it like just being so nervous yeah it's disorienting it, it, it's it's crazy and then the spit spitting and drumming is the other what those two things and if you can't see them and you're hearing that you're like what in the hell is <laughs> alien that? critters Man, coming in my that? direction like you can't believe they can make that noise but it's it's just i don't know that experience and to me it's as much about the social experience because it's so oh yeah it's so vocal not only are you running and gunning cutting and calling and and going but you know in missouri the season ends at one so the afternoons where you're fishing, yeah. you're eating morels, drinking, you're eating morels, you're looking for morels, you're frying up turkey. It's it's a party, you know what I mean? And and that yeah. social experiences, and that's why Paul keeps coming back. <laughs> to, to the no kid. doubt, we get we get to play that boombox at the end after at the end of our turkey hunt and name that tune. Yeah, song game. <laughs> yeah, Mark's camp. They, they 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 have a lot of margaritas because Coon Dog, you know, sure. that's Coon Dog's <laughs> based out of, and that's his drink. And they're drinking margaritas after the hunt over they're playing song game and it's just a social a real fun social event honestly well that the cuz 411 episode where it was you paul and and mark and cuz last year would just it was mm-hmm. a lot of fun for me to watch i can't imagine what it was like to have been there oh it was great you know i was kind of back we had mark was up there with cuz we had these uh, a few jakes and this big old gobbler out in the, out in this field and i kind of set back off to the right and back a little bit behind and it called and when the turkeys come on up because uh, was so nervous because we went live with it and uh mark was saying kill him kill him and and you know cuz was afraid he was I, all i could see was like about this much you know the of, of the head and neck area and he was afraid he was gonna he didn't want to shoot a jake on live <laughs> so he had to wait a bit a little bit longer finally they separated and then you could see that tilt the turkey fanned out and he saw the full fan and he killed a, a slammer it was one heck of an Iowa turkey. And Mark has a way to make any season vet nervous. Like, like, cause you know he's been around the block, he's yeah. seen it all, and and Mark can make anybody nervous, man. It's intimidating. He's intimidating to hunt with. <laughs> when you're live, I mean, come on, you could miss that turkey in front of thousands of people. You know what I mean? It's, and uh, and they're crazy. all critics. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> oh, God, you're yeah, calling too critics. much. You're calling too loud. You're not calling enough. Yeah. <laughs> It's unbelievable. I got a kick out of that when we were live. Uh, all the comments, Mark was showing me the comments. So the other day when they were in uh, Texas, I think it was, I was yeah. throwing some comments out there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That Mark actually gets a kick out of that, and he's got – he doesn't have the thickest of skin, him or Terry, and he loves those comments. He gets a kick out of it. It's almost like it goats him on a little bit because, you know, Mark, you know, you guys, you have seen so many turkeys die oh, yeah. over the years. You know what you're doing. You, you know what I mean? And Mark can talk turkey with the best of them. And, oh, uh, no doubt. It's it's just interesting to hear. We were watching comments. in the studio and seeing the comments like, okay, yeah, why don't you give Mark Drury tips on calling turkeys? But that's the beauty of it. I mean, that's why I think we love those lives and people love watching them. They have input, right? And, right. and uh, you know, For it's better or worse. Yeah, that's the good part about it. I mean, it gives everybody a cool experience. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, speaking of interaction, we put the question out on DeerCast, let folks know we were going to be having this this conversation. And uh, so we always have a, well, we almost always have a question of the day. And Mark from Georgia chimed in with this particular question. Yeah, so the question of the day is brought to you by Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's. Your adventure starts here. Question for you guys. This is Mark from Georgia. Uh, on the DeerCast, we have the Bermuda pressure. Does it affect turkey hunt as it does deer hunting? Just, just curious uh, for the turkey here in Georgia. Thanks. Yeah, that's a good question, and you know he's referring to barometric pressure there. And we, you know, we've talked about all the different uh, possibilities of deer casts going into other, you know, fish species, species, yeah. whatever. And turkey is one thing that Mark Drury swears that it would be very hard to come up with a predictive algorithm for turkeys. He said, you know, as long as he's been hunting them, he just cannot figure them out hardly. What do you, what do you think about that uh, in the question there? I agree with it. I agree with Mark. And But I, I'm kind of a firm believer that barometric pressure does affect uh, some of the goblin activity and the activity of, of, you know, how turkeys are acting. I've always found... Now, nothing's foolproof. you got to remember that in any hunting yeah. situation, whether you're turkey hunting, deer hunting, or what. It could be the worst of weather, and all of a sudden that big buck comes by or that big old gobbler comes strutting on in. But uh, I was going to shut that up. No, don't worry anyhow, about us, Paul. Um, Go ahead and answer it, the phone. It, it, <laughs> no, it wasn't my phone. Was it your phone? No. It was your phone. <laughs> but anyhow, it, I believe it does a little bit affect, uh, uh, you know, I found that, you know, when a barometric pressure is on the rise, it seems to uh, kind of increase the goblin activity. So are, are there any other, you know, weather elements that, and first of all, before we move off of the pressure, is there a, cer- is it a certain level of pressure, 30.2 or 30? Because with deer, we know. I, I always found, I always found like about 29.5, you know, and up. Yeah. It seems to be really good goblin activity. And, and does it have to be rising? You know, I, generally on the rise, it seems to be best. Okay. Definitely. Okay. But there again, nothing's full. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so, so that's usually coincides with like a bluebird day, right? You always, I feel like I've had a lot of luck when it's just the a crisp, is cleared out clear. Yeah. Not a lot of cloud cover. It's a crisp, clear day, bluebird. And you know, like you said, you could feel like it's a pressure rising type of a day. Mm-hmm. You hear the birds singing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, there could be nothing. There's times you go out there and it could be look, look pretty and everything else. And you don't hear nothing out there. Yeah. The woods is dead. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then there's times you go out there and just everything is alive. The songbirds, everything. And, and turkeys are gobbling good. So, so are there other, other, what are there other weather elements that you have found that affect them as well? I mean, I always hear Mark talk about the east wind and shuts mm-hmm. them down or a cool front coming through totally screws them up from gobbling as well. Or, you know, what's your experience there? Uh, what I found generally in an Eastern East wind, East, even where I'm from, I mean, you get winds out of the East now that, you know, there's something moving in. Usually the barometric pressure seems to be on, on the downward slope. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I agree 100% that, you know, the, that does affect it. You know, snow definitely shuts them down. It depends on where you're at, too. I mean, you, you you get snow in Texas. I mean, those turkeys don't leave the roost. Sure. <laughs> uh, but being in the northeast, you get, you know, once the weather starts getting nice and then all of a sudden you get a snowfall in it, it does have a tendency to shut them down a little bit. But, you know, as the day goes on, it starts to warm up or whatever it may be, and, and they become more active. 
And this is just maybe my uh, my own observation, but it seems like on high pressure days, sound carries easier. Like you can hear further away. Uh, mm-hmm. It feels like on low pressure, just you just feel socked in and like everything's muted. Do you have any experience with that, Paul? Yes, I agree. The air is heavy. I mean, it just doesn't sound doesn't carry. I mean, it's uh, just a, a clear day, good, clear, crisp day. Yeah. Generally, the barometric pressure is is up or on the rise. And, you know, that sound does carry a lot farther to me. It really does. And, and it, you know, it's low pressure just seems to deaden everything to me. Mm-hmm. This deadens the sound, deadens just uh, the activity of anything. But there again, doesn't keep you at home. Right. If yeah, it's low pressure because go out. you can kill a turkey just the same sometimes. You never know how hot that bird is. I had a lot of time to think this weekend sitting in the blind especially Saturday, not seeing anything or hearing anything. And it really struck me just how important hope and optimism are That's with in, every hunt. <laughs> in hunting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and especially when and, and I've had multiple hunts early on, I would you know, sit in the blind or sit in there, not hear anything and go to get up. And there's a turkey coming up from behind me and, yeah. <laughs> and I bust them. And, and there's a lot of times where I've had birds come in silent and, and over the years I've had to just train myself, just pretend like there's a bird coming because that's right there very well could be but but man when when you hear gobbling it just gives you like it'll you could sit all day if you were allowed to well and it's hard to especially in today's age like we don't have patience the attention span yeah Yeah, exactly to sit there like you know and sometimes you might be in a situation where you just don't have a lot of dirt so this is your option like you're sitting there and you're waiting maybe you know they're they're patterning they're coming through there at a certain time it's a strut zone whatever so you're going to sit there regardless but it, after you've hunted run and gun style, it's hard to go to that style, you know, and just sit and wait, sit and wait, especially in today's age. Now, I guess people's phone, you know, get on their phone or waste time just like it's a deer hunt. But right. it, it, it can be gruesome sometimes just to sit and sit and sit when nothing's happening. And Saturday was one of those days that it was a high-pressure bluebird beautiful, day. Yeah. Beautiful. So to, to Paul's point, yeah, I- you can have the right conditions and it still sucks. Uh-huh. Yep, no doubt. Like I said, nothing's foolproof. But I tell people all the time, it takes five minutes mm-hmm. to become from zero to hero. That's yeah. all it takes. There's a lot of five minutes throughout the course of a day. You could be sitting there and you could be running and gunning and not hear nothing, nothing, nothing. Next thing you know, you hear a turkey gobble and there he is in, in your hand in five minutes. Yeah. So from zero to hero in five minutes. It's amazing. I, you know, I was listening to uh, a podcast that Ray I put out a couple of weeks ago, and he had a re- like a record, like a straight up record from the '60s of a of a guy that had put together a compilation of turkey hunters calling, and it was a, it was an instructional piece, and and I just wonder, Paul, especially with with your years of of hunting experience, are turkeys getting wise to call like is there is there any kind of change because calling is becoming more and more of an art and we have better tools to do it is anything changing within the turkeys themselves as it relates to our ability to call them well i tell people all the time just like you know turkeys adapt to the amount of hunting pressure that they're receiving just like a whitetail mm-hmm. the more you know people say we're the hardest turkeys to hunt and i tell people the hardest turkeys to hunt are the ones that are hunted the hardest and the same with a whitetail. But you start hunting whitetails hard in an area, I mean, become totally nocturnal. And, you know, you, you, it's it's rough to, you know, it's hard to catch something moving. With turkeys, same thing. They do adapt to the amount of hunting pressure. you got guys running around in the woods, calling all over the place. But, 
you know, it is the spring of the year. It is their time of the year, and they are looking for a hen. So they're they're going to come to a hen. They may not be gobbling as much, but they're going to come into it. So it just depends how, how you sound and how patient you are at that particular point. One of our deer casters asked a, asked a pretty interesting question, and, and it was it was kind of it was it's kind of based on how how well a gobbler hears and remembers a call. Like can he can he identify a particular hen? And if so, does that mean if you've called to a gobbler and shot him, will he memorize your call and bank it as danger? No, I don't believe they they associate that. I don't think they're that smart. They, their instincts and their reactive ability is what's their greatest asset. Sure. And turkeys do adapt, you know, like I said, to the hunting pressure, but the calling aspect of it, it just depends on the frame of mind on that turkey, I believe. A lot of times you hear the trashiest, loudest hen in a bunch, and that's one that he cuts off that hen every time with a gobble. And then there, sometimes you just hear a little hen that might just look some soft little subtle stuff. Mm-hmm. Bam, he's right on top of that. So I don't think they recognize a particular sound and associate it with being shot at with that one particular hen. I okay. don't. So there's still hope for that guy. <laughs> yeah, there's hope. <laughs> How about um, uh, so so? L- l- let's say you're you're calling to a bird, and you you see him you see him coming, and he looks like he's coming in. Do you keep do you keep instigating him, or do you just go silent and let him do his thing? I you know I through the years of all my hunting experience, I've always found if you can see an approaching gobbler. Just let them keep coming. You know, if you're liable to call to them and liable to cause them to hang up out there at 60, 70 yards. Mm. So if he's if he's on his way towards you, the best call to make at that point is not to call anymore. Perfect. I, I got a question for you. I'm going to say it because we're going to do a second podcast here with you in a minute that okay. I'm going to say. But it's a it's an interesting decoy topic. But do you do you use many decoys or do you just strictly rely on on calling? I I've always been a you know, just a guy that just likes to call and that end of it. But, you know, through the TV shows and filming and stuff, what, I mean, decoys do have an advantage, I believe, for the most part. But then there's also been times where decoys have caused that turkey to head the other direction. But, you know, when you're filming and whatnot, a turkey, they'll have a tendency to strut more for a decoy, put on a better show for you. So in that aspect, I would say, you know, either or it's a personal preference, but I do carry a decoy with me because... A turkey hunter has to be prepared. I mean, they carry a variety of different calls because one call might work where the other one doesn't. Same thing with decoy. You know, sometimes it pays to put a decoy out there in a situation. But as a general rule, I was always let that turkey come looking for me. Mm -hmm. But I do use decoys in certain aspects. Sure. We got... A ton of a ton more turkey hunting questions and yeah. content to cover, so we should probably cut things off. Let Paul get to his phone call there. It's probably Mark <laughs> calling him and asking for turkey hunting advice. <laughs> it's got to be yours. Where's it coming from? <laughs> but, you know, before we shut down the show, <laughs> we have to get the wildlife. <laughs> we have to get the wildlife word in for the week, and this week's wildlife word is the dewlap. The dewlap. Yep. <clears throat> so, Paul. Do you lap <laughs> when you drive? <laughs> uh, do you know what the do lap is? Well, it's it's kind of like the snoo that goes away. <laughs> yeah. That you know sometimes it has a tendency to grow, and I mean it's 
what you want to call it. There's snoo, doolap. I mean, uh, it, it's just a variation. Yep. But a lot of times, as a turkey, you know, it gets more excited. I mean, it has a tendency to just kind of stretch stretch a little bit more. But Look at Paul. It, it, it's kind of the same thing that happens to us as we get older. We get a little more skin underneath our <laughs> I neck. I thought you were going somewhere kinda, else with that. Kind of hanging down. I thought we were going to have a relapse <laughs> of our X-rated podcast. We're going to have to scrub this one. Yeah, the, the dewlap is the flap of skin under a turkey's neck connecting it to its beard and connecting to the beak. And it's thought that biologists think that it's one of the tools that a turkey uses to cool itself when it gets hot. Hmm. The dewlap. Now you know. And- the more well, you, you see know. a snoot also extend down too, you know what I mean. So there again, uh, and you see you know the variations in the head coloration of a gobbler as he's coming on in when he's excited. You know the snow cap and the white, and then you see some lot red down here, and uh, you, you see it. Sometimes you'll see that snoot kind of extend and the dewlap kind of. You know, there's different variations, I guess yeah. you'd say, but to, that's pretty much a biological term. What they're saying, if it's yeah. just. A, cool a turkey off yeah. <laughs> you are you are teasing next week's wildlife word Paul. you know what this else cools a turkey okay. off killing them dead. number five <laughs> <laughs> right in the old face yeah yeah they get real cold yeah that's the way we like them <laughs> Well, let, let's go ahead and shut this thing down, folks. If, if, if Thank you to all the deer casters that chimed in with questions. Thanks for uh, thanks to Mark from Georgia for asking the question. He gets a, a, a Dury Outdoors hat sent to him uh, for sending in the question. We appreciate that. If you're not on DeerCast, get on there. Register for the farm giveaway. We're giving away some awesome prizes this month. It's the RTP Groundbreaker 3, and it's worth $7,500, and it'll put a food plot in pretty much anywhere. So yeah. you definitely want to be in on that. They're bad to the bone. It's awesome. And then some incredible monthly prizes coming up in the in the coming months so yeah. definitely get on board yep and uh, as always you could check us out on youtube if you're watching this you're already on youtube our dear cast but check us out on youtube hit subscribe always got some cool stuff going on over there i want to hit the moss yoke memories that we just launched with mark and terry <laughs> shorts Paul, are so short i gotta text you the link to this thing on youtube Ugh. on our drew outdoors youtube channel you will laugh your living butt off man it's mark All and right. terry do it they s- so they're sitting so the, the whole setup is they're sitting here watching old footage that the guys in the studio have prepared for them to watch and Uh i snuck in a clip gave it to jake one of the editors here of those guys on a family vacation and there were this is like literally 1988 89 they're wearing coaches shorts trucker hats you know the whole thing and they're sitting there making fun of themselves and of course like always they were drinking it was vacation and you know they're sitting there and they're making fun of themselves when they were practicing for the first uh the first scene in king of the spring the first vhs title wow. that they put out and it was hello hello <laughs> hello well they're wearing coach's shorts so so we we kind of ambushed them in this mossy oak memories they're they're watching the footage and we had them watching like king of the spring footage and then all of a sudden jake cuts to this clip of them on vacation <laughs> and these coaches shorts and dad's like oh man that's embarrassing <laughs> really? like it looked like dad was just wearing whitey tighties <laughs> right yeah they it were was like short, short shorts. coaches shorts so i'm gonna send that to you see so you got some ammo for turkey camp this year because it's priceless oh man. definitely do that yeah and i hope your dad gets to come down with us uh at marks again you know so i could call him in another turkey <laughs> you know what i'm sure he will that's you know like i said there's a social aspect to that 
that. So when you're in camp, he likes food, to just yeah. Drink. He likes to just come over. I need to figure out those date. My wife's uh, her birthday's April nineteenth, so that really screws up my plan and strategy there. Yeah, it's inconvenient for you. Yeah. So what were the date? You come in what what days? I come in. I'm coming in afternoon the seventeenth and fly out actually Easter morning. <laughs> well, and interestingly enough, I will be up at dad's on, I go up, I'm there the 17th and 18th. So maybe we just say, screw it and head North another couple hours and, and, uh, getting camp together. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. So anyways, thanks for being on with us yeah. as always, Paul, we appreciate it. Is there anything that you want to plug on the GSM outdoor side before we leave? Well, our just HMA or our walkers. I mean, all this stuff. It's just uh, you know, or we just recently main, bought Mainstream, which is muddy, hawking big game tree stand. So I mean, uh, everything is is flying. That's all yeah. I can say. You guys are really kicking butt so right protect now. Protect your hearing when you're out there hunting. Yeah, the walker walkers walkers, uh, walkers game ears are are li- and 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 of course you know Bob and 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 Paul and all those guys were real good friends with Mark and Terry and 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 uh, they are the best out there. That hearing protection, it's unbelievable actually what they what those walkers can do. And so if you're the if, new stuff is unreal. Is it really? I haven't got any of the new stuff yet, oh so God. I look forward to it. And and really going back to the SME side of things, shooting made easy. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. new bullseye camera. It's cool it, to, 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 and the app that goes with it to pattern, you know, your Turkey gun yep. pretty badass, really. Yeah. That's cool stuff. It really is the technology. It, I, I'm just amazed the stuff that we keep coming out with them. You know, it's like every week I, I got to relearn something because some of the stuff that mm-hmm. we come out with, we're just so on top of stuff. They are more so than me. I help sell it and help kind of develop some stuff, but it's amazing what they come out with. Yeah. And, it's a good time. Oh, me, me being an old guy, it's a little harder for me to pick up on it. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> Terry's right there with you. Well, we appreciate you coming on. And uh, like I said, we're going to have you on another podcast here in a little bit. And so everybody that's tuned into this one, you'll have to stay tuned for the follow-up with Paul Butsky here from GSM Outdoors. And I wanted to say thank you to Onyx. This podcast is brought to you by Onyx Hunt, the nation's number one GPS hunting app. Download today in the Google Play and App Store. See ya. All right. Till next time. Peace out. Identify those turkey targets. Tim. Tell me what to do. I'll sit there all day and not see anything.